Are you tired of the cookie cutter approach to education that's stuck in the last century? Are you seeking a win-win situation where your family thrives, your kid's education is revolutionary, and you still get to chase your own dreams? Welcome to Unschooled Unleashed. Unlock your child's genius. I'm your host, Matthew Jarecki, an unapologetic rebel dad and promoter of what many consider to be educational anarchy. You know the world isn't going to be won by those that just toe the line. It's the innovators, the visionaries, and the resilient spirits that are going to thrive. Our mission here is to forge those world changers within our very homes with less stress, energy, and time. Unschooled, Unleashed starts now. Welcome back to another terrific episode of Unschooled Unleashed. I'm your host, Matthew Jarecki, and today we're going to discuss the value of testing. Is it worth it? Short answer, I'm just going to tell you right up front, so that way you can skip the rest of this episode. It's up to you. It's up to you to decide the value. But if you want to stick around and listen to some of my thoughts, my two cents, uh, feel free. We're going to talk about different things related to testing and maybe even uh, find a way to use it in your unschooling world. So with that, let's dive in. Today, we're going to dive into the complex debate surrounding testing as a measure of learning. And I'm just, just going to give you really food for thought. And I won't really have an answer to the, is testing a true measure of learning? Because in some cases it may. Uh, over unschoolers don't really believe in testing as a me measure of competence. So uh, we're going to cover making a case for testing, when it might be useful, uh, the limitations of testing, some alternatives to testing, um, as well as my two cents along the way. So first, let's start out by making a case for testing. And I have three points. One, it's an objective measurement. Standardized tests aim to provide a uniform measure of student knowledge and skills crucial to upholding educational standards. So if you have a curriculum, if you have something that you want someone to learn, then you really need to go over and get some standardized way of evaluating that. Great point, right? Great way. So that's where testing really uh, fits in, we'll say. Uh, accountability and feedback. Tests act as pivotal tools for accountability and feedback, shaping educational strategies and fostering individual progress. So we can see trends over time and we can go over and correct course, make adjustments, get feedback, and then uh, really we're going to be able to see if that feedback Hopefully, we'll see that feedback in the test scores as it comes back. So, all good stuff so far. Uh, benefits in specific contexts, for example, th there's certain scenarios where we really need this kind of stuff. We don't want your physician just to be a guy who just says, you know what, I've met the requirements in my own head, and I think I'm good enough to be your doctor. We... <laughs> I don't know if anyone would go to that guy. I'm sure some people would, but uh, I think in general, we as a society want some kind of certification process, that some kind of standardization to, where there's a minimum competence being met, where, uh, you know, what are you going to do? You, you, you test to make sure uh, that there's some kind of competence behind uh 
their practice, a measuring of readiness, let's say. It's an essential component of being um, what's considered an expert in something, right? You have to have some kind of testing associated with that. So there is a place for testing. Now, in unschooling, for example, I have no problem with testing. I just don't want to force the testing on things that I've forced them to learn. I think that feedback along the way is going to be very helpful. In fact, I think that if you were to, like my son does this coding thing, I think that he, you know, tests along the way are good feedback for him, for his uh, accountability and individual progress. I think that there, as long as we don't force that, that there is a place for that. However, there are limitations of testing. I think we have put way too much faith into this little component of testing that demonstrates competence, right? And you might even argue that it doesn't demonstrate competence. It's a very narrow scope of measurement. Tests frequently focus on a limited set of skills prioritizing memorization and test-taking strategies over comprehensive understanding. You really can't test for everything, right? You, you just take small little samples of what you wanted them to learn and use those as proxies for the overall learning. And problem is, you can uh, be a bad test taker and still have learned whatever you were, whatever you were supposed to learn. So they're not necessarily a great proxy. If you, I remember when I took the GED, when I took the MCAT, I focused on the strategy of test taking just as much as I focused on the actual information that I'm gonna be tested on. So the better I got at the strategy, at manipulating the system is essentially what I was doing. That's what everyone does, trust me, they teach it in all the courses. It's like the first thing they teach you. You have to learn how to take the test. You have to learn kind of what they're getting at when they ask the question and being able to process that. It's what you learn in college too. What's the professor likely to test on? How can I figure this out? How can I find out the subtle cues? How can I go over and focus in on just the material that's important and leave the rest behind so that way I can be more efficient? doesn't mean you have understanding necessarily. It means you're a better test taker. In fact, I would argue that some people who just dive into the information and really get to know it and become intimate with that information, for example, like a lesson on history or maybe uh, understanding really anything you could, you could argue, that those people would have a better understanding and maybe learned more, but don't perform as well on the test because they didn't have the ability or the aptitude to be able to pick up on just focusing in on the things that the professor wanted you to know, okay? Hey, that's the way the world works. That's one thing I had to work on myself, so. Testing isn't, it's probably, it's very narrow in its scope. We'll just say that. Stress and performance. This is a factor as well. When you go over it and hand out the, start the little timer for the test, let's say, all of a sudden you're stressed. This is the worst time to perform for some people who may have learned the information, who in, an, in a very natural setting could regurgitate the information or who learned the information and could put it into practice but can't be 
tested on it because they have performance anxiety, let's say. Not making excuses, everyone needs to be able to perform even under stress, but it's true. If you're using this as a proxy for learning, then this is a factor and you could actually see this uh, reflected as, if, if you consider that testing is a proxy for learning, then people who have performance anxiety, you would say learn less, even though that might be, not be true. So it's limited. Stress induced by testing conversely affects students' performance and, and mental health, which totally misrepresents their true capabilities. All the stress that goes along with this, I think is probably unnecessary. Because if you are using it as a feedback tool, that's not as stressful. You're trying to learn it as just a feedback tool versus I'm going to get a grade and it affects my future. Yeah, that's that's very stressful. That's going to cause problems in a lot of people. It's just the way it is, guys. Uh, then we have the problem of teaching to the test, which diminishes the quality of education, <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, narrowing it just to fit the curriculum uh, of what's going to be tested, right? And this is at the expense of a richer learning experience. And it handcuffs a lot of teachers who want to teach certain things, but they can't because they have to spend their time teaching to what's going to be tested because that's what they're going to be graded on for their in their performance evaluation. Okay, you know, that's just the way the world is. If you're going to go over and standardize test, you have to teach to the test, right? Because that's what your raise is based on. That's what the school performance grades are uh, rated on. That's make you know that's where the money comes from. All the stuff, great. In addition, uh, there's also some concerns that standardized testing may not equally assess all students and their abilities, because we have students that come from that have different. Uh, cultural experiences. They speak a different language than what they're being tested in. Um, I mean, th these are factors that if you were to teach them, let's say history, they might know the history, but based on the test being given in English and not Spanish, well, that's a problem, right? Because they might not pick up on all the nuances of the English language. I mean, I wouldn't want to be tested in a language that I don't know. It's not my primary language that I'm fluent at. So there are a lot of limitations of testing. Now let's, let's talk about learning beyond the testing, right? What testing cannot really assess if you're looking using it as a proxy for learning. Holistic skills and knowledge, like critical thinking, Creativity, problem solving, practical application of knowledge and are all crucial skills that test often overlooked. You could make an argument that there, there's some problem solving and you could make an argument there's like a, a little bits of those in there, but let's be honest. A test, A, B, or C, your standardized test is not going to be able to assess this very well, uh, especially given the limitations of testing. Unschooling, use as an educational approach is going to value individual growth and real world learning experiences over the conventional test scores. So as an unschooler, I'm not looking to test scores as the proxy for learning. 
I'm not going to put weight into that. That's why I don't test. I don't really need to, right? Unless it's for feedback. I'm going to look at real world feedback to say whether learning has occurred. For example, if my son's into coding, he's going to build something with coding and that'll be the feedback, maybe like a project-based thing. Unschooling really focuses on the real world practical value of learning something. So, you know, the quote unquote test is putting it into practice. And that's where I put my focus on as an unschooler. Moving on, let's talk about alternatives to testing. Now, again, I focus as an unschooler on really seeing what they're able to put out there in in the world, right? They take a coding class, they're able to build something like an application or whatever out of using their skills, right? Like project-based kind of thing. If they took a gardening class, they are able to produce tomatoes, that kind of thing. That's where I put my focus, but some people really need validation including states <laughs> and countries. They want to guarantee minimum competency. They want to make sure that you're actually doing something. And you know this totally conflicts with the unschooler's view of actually letting the child decide what they want to do for themselves. But you still have to prove to some states, some countries, that something has occurred. Your kids aren't going to sit idle. They're not going to sit idle. They're going to want to do stuff. Um, so one option is a portfolio assessment. Portfolios offer a comprehensive view of students' progress, skills, achievements, reflecting their learning journey over time. This is a great option for unschoolers. In fact, it's what the state of Ohio, which is where I live, required. Um, and I don't believe, I think they changed the laws this the last couple months to where we don't even require that anymore. I think we just... Yeah, I won't, I won't speculate. I'd have to go back and look through it. Uh, we save everything just because we like to see the learning growth of our children. But, you know, throw a call it a portfolio, if you will. Uh, portfolios work well with unschooling because they get to show this learning progression. So if you need some validation, you can go back and look through that. And there you go. Uh, demonstrations of learning. This is another thing I rely heavily on, but uh, less formally. Presentations, projects, performances, those kinds of thing, a lot, a lot, things allow students to exhibit their knowledge and skills in the context that matter to them. So one of the things we have our son do is he, he takes dance class and he puts on a performance for us and he does his own, does his own thing. I think that's pretty cool. Um, little learning projects is another way that they can build something from what they've learned on our YouTube channel, stuff like that. So I think that's pretty cool. Another way is holistic informative assessments. This is an alternative to giving grades. You do this by combining diverse assessment methods, including uh, ongoing formative assessments, providing a broader understanding of the student's learning. And if you've never heard of a formative assessment, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a process that I'm, the way I understand it at least, is used as an alternative to grading. It's very planned. It uses evidence to make instructional adjustments uh, and verifies learning, 
along the way involves giving specific feedback to the students that is turned into an action, that kind of thing. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a process. Uh, with that being said, that's kind of what the parent does. Uh, I won't call it a true formative assessment because because I'm not, I don't know. I kind of just do my parent thing. I just kind of give feedback along the way, give adjustments that they could make. And if they really want to make them, they will. I can't force them to do it, even if I wanted to. So that's how it works. Try and build character and hopefully that character is what drives it in their interest and curiosity and wanting to get better, that kind of stuff. Anyways, moving on. I think that feedback is critical, okay? And this is where a lot of people would make the argument that, well, how are you going to assess learning? You, you need feedback. How are you, how are you going to make adjustments? Well, one, I don't need to assess learning necessarily outside of the practical aspect, meaning they use it, okay? Two, I do think feedback is important. I just don't think equating it to a single number or a single letter grade is the way to do it. Now, don't get me wrong, there is some value in that, okay? It's just forcing a kid to do that creates all this unneeded stress and anxiety that can stress out you and your entire family. So, while taking like a quiz or a test at the end of a, a section, I think is helpful in something that they want to learn. I think that there are many different ways you can get feedback, okay? So, constructive feedback is one of the ways. This kind of detailed feedback, I think, is far more valuable than a simplistic test score. Because when you give them constructive feedback, meaning how they can build themselves up and get to where they want to go, uh, it's a continue, continuous improvement process and it really fosters a growth mindset. As opposed to getting that test score and just kind of looking at it and going, okay, well, I didn't perform well or I did perform well. I think that individual constructive feed, feedback approach is probably more valuable, in my opinion. It does take more work on your end, though. So take that for what it's worth. I think that uh, having peers give you feedback, you know, not just your parents, right? If you're the kid, peers give you feedback on something. So maybe you work on a project and present that like, like in an art show uh, where everyone's, you know, giving feedback on, you know, the, usually they have the kids go around and uh, comment on uh, your project, you know, whether it's an art project or a science project. That kind of peer feedback, I think, is very valuable. Mentors can serve that as well. Real-world interactions, like <laughs> I'm going to build an application using my coding skills, and I'm going to put it out into the real world and see how it responds. I think that's crucial feedback. I think that's the more valuable than most feedback out there. Uh, I think this all enriches the learning experience, and I think it's a quicker path to learning, honestly, than just getting a grade. Because it offers multiple perspectives and insights, and uh, discussion can be built around this, and you can 
not just learn yourself, but you learn as a group, which I think is valuable. I think that uh, that individual approach is, is incredibly valuable. And, you know, relying so heavily on tests is just, to me, a little insane. You know, obviously there's a place for it. I want my doctor to be tested. But I don't think we need to have all these tests all the time. Now, again, this is for unschoolers, right? This is for people who have the resources to be able to take their kids at home and then fully invest in those children, okay? By giving them the tools and the resources to be able to do whatever they need to do, but it's way less resources needed than to homeschool your kid with the curriculum, like the traditional homeschooling. And uh, it's way less resources than the schools need or have. Uh, am I saying that right? More, way less resources than the schools require. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, schools, since they're forcing, they want they want things to be taught, and education must be demonstrated. They're kind of forced into this whole, and in, in, with, with with limited resources, they're forced into testing their students as a proxy for learning. Um. Uh, well, that's what happens when you when you say I have to force something. I'm going to force this uh, on everyone. You have to test it somehow, I guess. That's why as an unschooler, I just say dive into your passion and you're going to learn faster and better than anyone else out there. And yeah, you might miss some stuff, but I'm going to give you the tools needed to be able to learn what you missed on your own. So we don't talk about Ohio government in fifth grade. I don't care. You'll learn that when you need to, or when the question comes up, right? Because you're curious. We talk about government actually quite a bit, so my kids might already know. They at least know the uh, uh, government at the federal level, the legislative, the judicial, and executive branches, and all that stuff. We talk about that quite a bit because you know politics is all around us, and it's uh, pretty fun for them to watch or learn about that right now. So we dive in. Right now, my kids are learning history, specifically World War II stuff. Uh, I'm not going to test them on it. You know why? Because they're super interested in it, and they're, I mean, talking about the Battle of Midway, you know, and intelligently, right? That's, that's proof enough to me learning has occurred. And uh, when you test, you know, my, this is all my two cents, you know, fin finishing out. When you test, it's short, often short-term memories relied upon. Whereas you tap something deeper when you're interested in it and you see the value in learning it. And that's what unschooling does is taps into that deeper learning. So my kids are interested in, oh, wow, World War II was hugely influential. They're talking, I'm like, hey, get me up to speed with this because we're watching a documentary on it um, on Netflix. I think it's World War II in color. And I ran to the store, came back. They were watching the Battle of Midway. I'm like, get me up to speed. So they're telling me, oh, man, we, we just got done going over and attacking Japan in the Pacific, uh, the Pacific Ocean. And um, the torpedoes, only 10% of them actually worked and all this stuff and then then we had this decisive battle in midway and i'm just like oh wow okay 
That is way better than testing to me. My kids are probably going to know more than the average fourth grader and second grader out there, or second grader and third grader. I can't remember what grades because we're in schoolers. Either way, <laughs> they're going to know more than the average kids about World War II. They're also learning geography at the same time while they're learning this, which is a requirement in Ohio. Uh, American history is a requirement as well. Hey, we're learning all this, this stuff, and we're doing it without school forcing them to. Me as a motivated parent are exposing them to it because I'm giving the resources. And this is what we do as unschooling parents, at least intentional unschoolers do this. Okay, if you want to listen to that episode on intentional unschooling, I suggest you go back because I have some principles that I talk about that mean parents take responsibility to a 10 out of 10 level to provide the resources and tools needed to be able to uh, support their kids' education. So, hey, uh, it's all a journey. You know what I mean? If you decide to adopt testing, I'm not ethically opposed to it. I just think it uh, imposes a lot of uh, stress onto your family that you probably don't need. Um, however, if, if test is a part of a curriculum they chose, hey, it's a great feedback tool, but it's only one of many. It's probably the least effective in my opinion. So easily replaceable. With that, I think I will end this episode. So stay curious, stay unschooled, and stay away from the algebra nightmares. I'll catch you in the next episode. Parents, are you terrified your unschooled child isn't learning enough? Or are you a homeschooling veteran eager to level up by incorporating in unschooling principles? Maybe you're newly venturing into homeschooling and already doubting your decision. Whatever the stage, overwhelm is real, but it doesn't have to be. I'm Matthew Jarecki from Unschooled Unleashed, and I've got huge news. I'm thrilled to introduce Homeschool Rescue, Unschooled Unleashed's signature coaching package. Whether you're all in on unschooling or just dipping a toe, this tailored coaching package is your roadmap to a confident and thriving education no matter how hectic life gets. Bold moves make bright futures. Join our Homeschool Rescue coaching program through the link in the description and set your child's genius free. So here's where we roll up our sleeves and bring out the big guns. If you support our mission, then please leave a review. On Unschooled Unleashed, we are talking about using a radical approach to education in today's world. And the more five-star reviews we have, the more people will feel comfortable with the ideas, strategies, and principles we discuss. It gives legitimacy to our message and the podcast's algorithm prioritizes us so we can reach more people. You may even have your five-star review read on our podcast. Before I let you go, I have to pause and say this from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Your presence here is the fuel that ignites this movement. I am incredibly moved that you trust in us enough to click play. You, my friends, are the caped heroes in this story, the guardians of your family's learning journey, and a beacon of hope for your community. Be bold. Do what you think is best for you and your family. Thanks again for tuning in and taking this courageously outside of the box for this educational revolution. Welcome to the front line.